Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is a returning guest. She's the host of the Brown Girl Experience, Miss Erica Butler. Thank you for joining me. Hey, 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 guys. What's going on? Yeah, I had to get you back because we was talking... We was talking about um, like family and stuff, and then we got into something very interesting. Um, we started talking about diabetes. Oh yeah. Now was last month diabetes month or was it this month? November. Is this month? This month. Um, you know we're at the tail end of it because this month is almost over because it moves like speed. But yeah, this month is down. Is it this month? I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure it's this month. I think it is this month because when we planned it, I'm pretty sure we said November. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm like 99 percent sure that it's definitely this month. We, we're I'm, gonna go with that, and, and even if it's not, we're gonna make it this month anyway. Man, listen, because it's very, very important. It's like it's like the silent, slow killer in our community. It is, and and it doesn't have to be. Um, I think one of the things that makes it the slow killer is um, it's one, it's an expensive disease to have. Um, two, it's a disease that we ignore. Um, we ignore the symptoms and um, not just ignoring the symptoms, but we ignore our body when our body tells us different things that's going on um, because like the early on symptoms are things that you can attribute to something else. Mm. You know, for me, my early on symptoms, I definitely didn't recognize them because it wasn't the normal things that you would think it would be. Um, I like, I lost weight, but I was working out and I was eating right. So I was purposely trying to lose weight, but I did lose weight a lot faster than I normally lose weight. But I just thought it was uh, the program that I was doing. So I didn't think of anything like that. Um, one of the things that I was not aware of, and I, I think most women are not aware of, uh, when I was diagnosed with being diabetic, one of the symptoms were I was getting reoccurring yeast infections. And when mm. I say reoccurring, I mean, no sooner did I get rid of one was another one knocking at the door. And I'm like, wait a minute. I never got yeast infections like that. Like I was going back and forth to my GYN. I was like, something has to be wrong. And it was my GYN that told me I need to get tested for diabetes. Um, nah. And she said that after my third reoccurrence within, uh, I think it was like within a six week period. And I didn't go get tested right away, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah, that sounds great. It was around, um, you know, it was around uh, November. And it was actually, it was Black Friday that I went into the hospital because I knew, like, this was the first holiday that, that we had after my dad passed. So my dad passed in September. Um, I started getting sick in end of September, October, and didn't realize that I really put everything towards the stress. And, um, you know, I was starting to feel, I was starting to slip into depression as well. And so I, I kind of put everything lumped in with that, um, that these are just things that I was going through. And I wanted to spend the holiday with my family because my family, they made sure that we weren't home, that we were at, I think we went to my grandparents' house. And then um, Black Friday, I woke up and I felt really, really bad. And I could like, I couldn't, 
I couldn't, nothing quenched my thirst. I was so thirsty and water didn't do it. The only thing that made me feel better was juice. Hmm. And when I tell you between Thanksgiving and by the time I went to the hospital, because I drove myself to the hospital, by the time I went there, I probably drank like four gallons of Hawaiian punch. Oh. That was the only thing that quenched my thirst. By the time I got to the hospital, like I said, I drove myself because um, I couldn't get a doctor's appointment. I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to the emergency room. Um, went to the emergency room. I told them I wasn't feeling well. And I was like, you know, I, I started outlining my symptoms. They said, are you diabetic? I'm like, no. And they said, okay, we're going to do a finger prick on you anyway. And I was like, fine. So they did a finger prick in the ER and it didn't, it, it didn't read. So they had to go to, um, it didn't read. So they had to go to a different machine that read it. My sugar was over 750 when I got there. Damn. What is it supposed to be? Anywhere between like, like after eating is like, you know, about 120 or, or is, a, is a pretty good range. And like, um, like 80, 85 to 120 is like a good yeah. range. And like, I know now, like sometimes I'm a little higher, like my average that I do like fasting in the mornings is usually about 115 for me. So it's still a little on the higher end, but not bad. Um, after I eat, I usually go up to like 170. Um, so I'm, I'm still trying to, and this has been years, um, I'm still trying to adjust my insulin for it to be the good dosage because I recently lost weight. And then when you lose weight and things like that, your insulin changes. I, um, some people do a sliding scale where they count their carbs and they base the amount of insulin they take based off their carbs. I fail doing that. So I do a flat amount. So we have to adjust mine a little bit more. Wow. When I say flat amount, much, I take a single dosage each uh, each time. How much weight did you lose? Because you said you was trying to lose. So, I mean, the fact that you was actually losing, but you lost so much that you got alarmed. Like, how much did you lose? Um. So when I first decided I wanted to lose weight, it was after I seen myself at my girlfriend's wedding. Um. So then I was like 298. And I had gotten down to two, I want to say it was like 270 something. Mm-hmm. And it was just a short amount of time to lose that much weight. Um, but I, I thought, you know, I was cutting back my carbs. <laughs> you know, I was just, you know, I was at the time it wasn't keto. I was trying Atkins. Mm-hmm. So that's what people from Atkins said they were losing weight like that. So I thought I was just doing this program right. Hmm. Well, how, many, how long was it, about a month? Yeah, it was about probably about a month and a half. Yeah, hmm. about a month and a half because it was like I, I really started noticing in October okay. um, that I was dropping weight, but it wasn't until they got me on the scale um, that I realized how much weight that I lost. But like I said, I was going to the gym, I was walking, I was lifting weights, I was eating right. So I really just thought I was doing Atkins the way you were supposed to do it. Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. I would have been like, I'm not going to lie. If I'm, I, if I'm losing weight fast, I'm just going to be like, cool. And yeah. I probably wouldn't even go get it. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't go get it checked out. What, what made you go get it checked out? It was the yeast infections. Oh, um, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, 
hey girl like the girls out there will tell you a yeast infection ain't no joke like it's horrible like it's the worst thing ever when your lady bits when they turn on you but like one of the things like you're uh, that's one of the things that um like if you're sugar like your your lady bits will tell you if your body's not right like my my, my sugar wasn't balanced and even now if I'm too high too long or too low too long or it's too much uh yo-yoing with my sugar it'll give me a yeast infection today wow yeah so if nothing else like you know other people say you know I want to protect my organs my skin my eyes my everything I just want to protect my pussy like I don't want it (laughs) to spoil I still have some good years left on this I don't want it to spoil because I'm not treating my diabetes with respect man so what so how like what was your initial thoughts when you found out you you was diabetic because your father passed away from it right yep I was um I thought I was gonna die I was terrified and it didn't help that when I was diagnosed in the room that they put me in was one of the rooms that my dad spent almost a month in Mm. after he got his um my dad got real sick and was in the hospital and it was the same room that I would come from Delaware to Jersey every Thursday and I would sit and talk with him um, and it, so I knew that room very well when I was like, oh shit. So I thought I was going to die. I, I thought I was given a death sentence. And um, because, you know, my dad, my dad went undiagnosed for a lot of years, but my dad, so he was a juvenile diabetic. So he went from, he was diabetic as a child that was undiagnosed. He wasn't diagnosed until he was in his twenties. So it was years of damage being done to his body because diabetes will affect all of your organs as well. Your kidneys, your heart, your skin, your um, nervous system. Um, it, it affects everything. And I was like, man, my life just changed and my life just shortened because my dad was 55. He was, he was only 55 when he passed? Yeah. Oof. So, and I'm like, wow, like, that's crazy. And I was, I was so upset. I cried for, I cried the whole night while I was in there. Um, And I didn't want anybody to come and see me and everything. And a lot of things people don't realize is diabetes will also affect um, your mental. It'll, it'll, it can slide you into depression. You know, those are all the things along with it. And it was just a very heavy diagnosis. Um, because there is no cure. And first, you know, they thought it was going to be like type two diabetes that we'd be able to treat with like metformin. Um, it was metformin and another pill that they gave me. And I had such a bad reaction to metformin that I couldn't take it. Um, so then they started putting me on the insulin and the insulin Insulin is terrible because they tell you get used to taking the injections. That is a whole ass lie. You don't get used to taking those injections. Like I, it's been almost fourteen years, and I'm still not used to those injections. So you have type one. Yes, I have type one. What now? For those who don't know, what's the difference between type one and type two? So type two, your body still makes some insulin and your, um, and your body can, and you can regulate it with just the pills. Um, type two, your body doesn't make insulin, or in my case, my body makes um, a very small amount. However, my body also attacks the insulin that I make. 
So my diabetes was actually, um, the root cause of my diabetes was uh, polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, so it puts you in that um, insulin resistance phase and my body just reacted a little differently. So I could, cause my, I was tested and my pancreas is, my pancreas can make insulin. My body doesn't recognize the insulin that I take, that I make. Mm. And the way it was described to me in layman's terms was, you know how you as a woman, my doctor's a female. She's like, you know how you as a woman, if you keep give, 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 giving, and nobody wants to take it, what do you stop doing? I was like, I stopped giving. And she's like, that's what your pancreas did. So, you know, now today we are, like, I have a, a really good team. I have my endocrinologist and my GYN working closely together. And we are, because I told them, I was like, if my pancreas is healthy and it can make insulin, is there something that we can do to make my body recognize and accept this insulin? So we are working together on a more holistic view of my health in order to do that. So we, we're decreasing the amount of insulin that I take and we're increasing the amount of different minerals and um, other natural treatments. How long have you been doing that? Um, about three months now. Okay, okay. So it's still fairly early in the process. Yeah, yeah. so like one of the things that I take is a, a powder supplement is um, basically vitamin D. Um, powder supplement. It is. It is downstairs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, but I take a, I, I mix a spoonful of um, a spoonful of it in a glass of water um, every night before I go to bed, so it helps me sleep and also regulates my sugar overnight. Um, one of the other things that I, I do um, is I take cinnamon sticks and I boil them. Uh, I boil them with um, natural honey from the area that I live in and the cinnamon sticks. And every now and then I might put a little bit of lemon in it, but I mostly uh, just the cinnamon sticks and the honey. And I, I have cinnamon tea each morning and I have it at night before I go to bed as well. How, how, how often do you have to take medicine daily? Four times a day. So I take... Um, my long-acting insulin, which is uh, the the brand I take is Lan not Lantus. It's um, it is it was Lantus, and I, actually I'm still taking the Lantus until I run out, and then my insurance stopped covering Lantus, so I'll be taking a different brand. Um, oh, it's right here. Um, the brand I'll be taking it will be Eleven there. Um, and the other one that I take, and that's my long-acting one, so that one helps regulate my sugar for 24 hours. Then I take Novolog, which is my fast-acting insulin, um, and I take that with each meal three times a day. And these pens that I take, because I take, um, I don't use the, because my lifestyle did not allow me to take like the traditional insulin with which the vials and the syringes, it has to be refrigerated and all that stuff. Um, my lifestyle did not allow that because I travel a lot. I used to travel for work a lot before we shut everything down. So I use the pens, they're pre-filled pens. Um, and, but they're very expensive. <laughs> they're like very, very expensive. And because the way my insurance is set up is this is considered like a maintenance drug. So I have to get a 90 day supply every time that I get them. So my 90 day supply of both my insulin pens, I get three boxes of each. Um, and in each box has about 
four or five pens in, I think it's five pens in it. Every three months I spend on just the insulin, um, $783 and 19 cents. Good God. Yeah. So, and that's just the insulin. That's not my test strips or my test strips. Um, I think my test strips, the last time I bought them were 90 some dollars for a three month supply. And this is with insurance covering it. Yeah, that's my 20% that I'm responsible for. So my job pays 80 and I pay 20. Oh my God. Now there is more, there are different types of insulin that is, um, isn't as expensive. However, with trying out the different ones, they didn't really work the same. So this works for me as far as regulating my sugar and it works for um, my lifestyle. Like I, um, I think the other ones in the, the vial is a whole lot cheaper than what I get. Was there anything that you could have done? Because like we know type two diabetes like really, really comes from like diet like a bad diet and lack of exercise but type one i mean was it anything you could have did to like prevent this or um so it, it is a good chance that it is something that that i could have prevented with diet and exercise early on but what a lot of people don't realize is diabetes isn't necessarily um, because of your weight and what you eat. There's a lot of obese people out there that don't exercise at all, that are not diabetic. Yeah. Um, it really depends on your, on your pancreas, on whether or not it works and how much of it um, your body will accept. Some, some people's pancreases make too much. Some people don't make them enough. It, it really depends on that and all those type of hormone levels that, that go along with it. On my dad's side of the family and my mom's side of the family, diabetes is on both sides. So it's also a good chance that it was genetics. Um, but I didn't help things being obese. I didn't, I didn't help my chances being obese. Um, but I don't know if I don't know if that would have been, you know, if I could have stopped it. I don't know. And I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't think about it. I don't think about what I could have done to stop this because it's already a heavy diagnosis. And then to, to really think about like, yo, you did this to yourself would make it heavier. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I forgave myself a long time ago for it. And the only thing I made a promise was that I was going to live healthier. Okay. Does anybody like, does your siblings have it or just you? My twin sister does. She has it. You got a twin? Um, I have a swim. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Honestly, being a twin is not what it's cracked up to be. So many people think, so, oh, God, you got a twin. I got the short end of the stick with twins because I'm not identical. Um, like, I'm, <laughs> we're fraternal, so we, could, we couldn't do any of the fun twin shit. So it, <laughs> I have a sister who's eight minutes younger than me, so I call her my younger sister. Oh. But she, she's diabetic um, as well. And she was she wasn't diagnosed with being diabetic until last year, or maybe two years ago. Um, oh my. my little brother is not diabetic. Um, he's he's in relatively good health. Okay. And, and and just so you know, I got a twin sister as well. So. Do you? 
so you didn't yeah. you got the short end of the stick too yeah my and, and we we the opposite sex so we really couldn't do nothing <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> it's like yeah thanks parents like you know mom dropped two eggs at the same time and here we are like yeah. i don't like i just really feel like i did not get the great twin experience except for i had to share a birthday share a room and share my parents' attention at the same time. Yep. <laughs> Man, but this, I said, I just remember us talking about the, the diabetes thing. And man, I just felt, because I'm going to tell you, like, it's one of the few things that scares me. There's not a lot of things that scare me, but that's something that scares me. Oh, and it should, because it affects everything like and i and i got to see the the bad sides of it like even though all my life my dad was in excellent shape and excellent condition great diet and stuff like that my dad was a big guy he was like 6 7 um and most of my life majority of my life my dad was 6 7 uh, <coughs> excuse me about 280 um 285 just a solid man um, and when he got sick, like when things started going bad, like it, 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 diabetes affected his heart, you know, his heart started getting weaker. He started getting heart attacks. Um, my dad had multiple strokes. Um, he had to get, uh, first it started out with his toe having to be amputated. Then it ended up being below the knee. You know, he lost his vision. He lost, and he ended up being out on dialysis because of his kidneys. Like it, I saw that part and that part is terrifying. And where I fear for it for me, I am more scared for people who are not as privileged as me with the insurance that they can treat things. You know, yes, I pay that 700 and some odd dollars every three months. However, I take part of my job's flexible spending account. So I know this is a prescription that I have to get. So I put money aside on a pre-tax basis to help offset my out-of-pocket expenses. You know, I'm only paying 20% of this. Um, most people don't know if your job requires that. You can still appeal it if your medication is expensive. So I can afford it. So I've never thought about appealing it and asking them to make it a one-month supply each time. Um, but for people who don't have health insurance, if I'm paying 20% of this and that's, that's my bill, like when I looked at one of the boxes, I want to say if the prescription was saying that I saved $1,800. And that's with insurance. That's because I have insurance that is pretty decent. And so I, I've always felt worse or been more concerned about people who don't have, because how do you treat this condition? And then you hear the horror stories because the cost of insulin has continuously gone up. There is no generics available for us. Um, so you have some people, you know, senior citizens or people with children with juvenile diabetes or college students that cut their insulin or cut their medication in half because they can't afford to fill their prescriptions. And that's, that's the America that we live in. Like the cost of the insulin has gone up 150% in the last 10 years. 150%? And that's just, and that might be, I might be a little generous with that number, but I'm not that generous with that number. Damn. So, so shit, it can, it, hell, if you, financially you can't afford it, you, it, it'll take you out. Like you, what did not say? King's disease. This is not the disease for the poor. Damn. 
And that's why it affects our community um, so much worse because you got to think about it. Statistically speaking, our community, we're not making as much money. We're, we don't have the health insurance. We don't have access to medical care. A lot of people are walking out there with quote unquote sugar and has never been diagnosed with it. They're not treating it. And, and that affects us, and which is why COVID affects us so much because, you, you know, diabetes is one of those underlying conditions that if you, if you get COVID, that you can die from it. Mm. Has that, and speaking of that, like, has that like affected how, I, well, I can't say has it because I'm sure it has affected how you maneuver around. Yeah, I, um, so I've been working from home since March 13th. Um, I don't go out the way I used to. Like, I, I used to say that I'm a homebody, but since I've had to stay home, I was like, no, bitch, you ain't that much of a homebody. But I think this, <laughs> like, because, like, I, like, you know, I take this shit serious. Um, you know, I, like, I was supposed to go to Brazil for my birthday. Now, I ain't gonna hold you. I was still going to go to Brazil. This is one of my dream trips. Um, Brazil told me I couldn't come. Like, my Oh, really? Delta, yeah, Delta canceled my flight and told me they canceled my flight. Oh, oh, oh okay. It wasn't because of your condition. No, no, it wasn't because oh, of my okay. condition. They shut it down. They said, since America don't want to act right, you not going to bring your bullshit over here. And they canceled our trip. Um, I was actually going to go to Puerto Rico next week because I, I like to take solo vacations once a year so I can recharge and get my life together. Mm -hmm. And I just started this last year going on my first vacation um, by myself. Like I wanted to say out the country, but we all know Puerto Rico is still the U.S., but it feels like you're out yeah, the country. Just something different. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm out the country, but I'm close enough and anything pops off that my mama can come get me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all. If I got a call for the people to come save me, I know my tribe, I know my crew, I know my cousins, I know everybody can come to Puerto Rico and get me. If they got to flip some tables over, they can do it. Um, I'm not brave enough yet to go out of the country just yet and travel by myself because I only speak English. Yeah, um, that's, that's all. But um, but I did cancel that trip. I actually canceled it this morning and I was really hopeful with it because you know early in the summer, the COVID numbers were going down and with them going back up again and just like, not, I, I don't think I would feel as comfortable because of all the different rules and regulations that I would have over there in Puerto Rico, um, having to get a test and I would have to make sure I tested negative um, two days before my um, before I go there. Um, and then even the restrictions once I'm there, like the idea of laying on the beach with the mask on is not appealing to me. No. Um, different places are shut down. So I, it wouldn't be the same vacation experience. Um, and I wouldn't, even the resort that I normally go to, it like there were some limitations there as well. So I didn't feel like I was going to have the same vacation. So I did go ahead and cancel my trip. Um, but even like music festivals and stuff, I, well, they were canceled. So I didn't have to worry about not going. Um, but I've been home for the most part. I've been home. Um, dating is different, of course, because you're home and a lot of places are closed down. Like Philly just shut down over to, on Friday. Like shit was like, well, since y'all ain't know how to act right, we're going to just shut shit down now before the holidays. <laughs> um, yeah, since y'all still want to be coming out and doing every fucking thing. So, you know, since it shut down, like, but now, like, you know, dating is different. 
um, because I, I, I do have to be mindful of mm. where we go um, and even who I'm going with and, and stuff like that. Because, you know, now I have to trust a portion of my health to another human being to make sure that they're responsible with their health. How, you know what, since, because you mentioned, you mentioned that you're dating, like, how does that create more challenges? Because, you know, you got to do medicine, you got to make sure you're on top of things. So does that create more challenges with dating for you? Um, Not really, because I, I, I'm so used to it. Like, so I'm, I have certain things that I don't like to do. So if I'm out and we're at dinner and stuff like that, and I have to take my insulin, I do not... I repeat, I do not step away from the table and go to the bathroom to take my insulin because the bathroom is disgusting. I don't like to use public bathrooms to begin with. So the last thing I'm going to do is go into a public bathroom and take my insulin. Um, I take it right at the table. I do let the person that, I, that I'm out with know, like, hey, just as an FYI, I'm going to have to take this insulin. Um, if needles freak you out, you're going to have to turn your head. <laughs> But, but but other than that, they've been pretty receptive in the past. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and I, because I, I like them to know. So dinner dates is not my ministry either. Um, and it is because like sometimes <laughs> if I'm wearing a dress, it's easy for me to take my insulin. But what if I'm wearing jeans and a shirt? Like I wear tight jeans. So if I got to lift up my shirt to take my insulin, there's a good chance that you're going to see this whole muffin top over the jeans that I carefully hid by a well-disguised top. <laughs> Sometimes I don't want my date to see that. And so I like activity dates. Um, so I do more of those. Like I like, you know, we, I go on dates where we're walking in the park, where we're doing activities when we're, you know, spending, they're not non-traditional dinner movies. Um, so do I go out to eat? Absolutely. I love to go out to eat, but um, I always let them know ahead of time. You know, this is what I'm about. Um, one of the things that it is sometimes a little tricky is when I spend the night at somebody's house, um, spend a night and sex. Because if I take a little too much insulin or if I take insulin, didn't eat as much as I thought I was going to eat. And then, you know, get chilling and stuff like that. One thing leads to what other, what adults do behind closed doors. My sugar can drop in the middle of sex. Uh, my sugar has dropped in the middle of sex. And one of the things that I, one of the triggers that I have when my sugar is dropping is I get um, muscle cramps and muscle spasms. Sometimes it's in my thigh. Sometimes it's in my foot. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's in my calf. So I have the muscle spasms. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. And sometimes my ego don't stop my ego is like no we're gonna go ahead and get this night we are not gonna stop and my muscles fast is like well girl if you're gonna ignore us we just gonna show up double so yeah, yeah it's been one time that i caught a whole um like i guess you call him a charlie horse that really and to a point where i couldn't even straighten up my leg and was stuck in a bent position um oh. and here i was trying to rise on my dick with a whole charlie <laughs> horse in the back of my and then like then from there like you get like your heart rate like when my sugar drops your heart rate goes up extra high but you're already fucking so you don't you don't catch that your heart rate's already high i'm already giving all the work that i can give i'm showing off so my heart rate is already 
high. So I'm not catching that. Then you get the sweats. Hello, I just said I'm putting in work. Of course, I'm already sweating. So all the little telltale signs I'm ignoring. Like I'm thinking, all right, you know, I got a little Charlie horse on my thigh. That's because I'm putting work in. <laughs> you know, I'm trying new positions that I ain't never tried before. Um, so all the new symptoms I'm missing. Meanwhile, I'm about to die on this dick because my sugar is dropping. So yeah. yeah. It makes oh, it difficult. Um, and there have been times that I've chosen the nut over stopping and, and getting some medication or I'm well, not medication, but like when my sugar drops, I have to, I carry glucose tablets with me. Um, I let, you know, my partners know that if I'm spending a night to, I, I have to leave it where it's in arm's reach. Um, and sometimes I also keep like Gatorade on the nightstand as well. Um, because the Gatorade will help with the cramps right away, and it has enough sugar that it'll it'll bring my sugar up too. Well, good lord. <laughs> so, some there's been some men that their egos have definitely been stroked because I chose them over my own health, and I was like, well, I didn't really choose you. I choose my own nut, but you were. <laughs> Wow! I look. I wasn't expecting that perspective, but man, that's yeah. as about as honest as you can get. I don't think there could be any more of an honest answer than that. <laughs> wow! Well, look, I want to. I want to close with this because you, you've been so great, and I really appreciate it. With everything going on, you know, because you said sometimes it could take a, a toll on your mental health and with everything, are you are you in a good mental space? I am because um, I, I'm someone who suffered from depression and anxiety for many years. Um, so I was already um, used to going to therapy and then I, I haven't had to go to therapy in about six years. Um, not six years, about five years. I haven't had to go, but um, September, I went back because I noticed that I was slipping into a funk of just the blahs, like the, the funk that I couldn't get out of, like it was lasting more than a couple of days. Um, and once I started feeling that way for about a week, I knew I needed to find, um, find a new therapist and, and get the help again that I needed. So I found an amazing black woman to be my therapist and we vibe really, really well. Um, I can be exactly who I need to be and I feel very comfortable with just speaking to her and our sessions are virtual of course um but it's it's amazing just to have somebody help me navigate through these thoughts because it's just a lot of pressure with you know what's going on in the world um just what's going on with me personally and like you know we always have our own personal stress but then when you have the added stress of a pandemic when you have the added stress of not knowing if you're going to have a job because my department was going through a reorg um, you know, and I knew my department was going through a reorg in June, but we weren't going to know if we had jobs until October. Oof. So having that stress and, you know, and then add to that stress of, you know, trying to get, you know, trying to, trying to buy my, my, the house that I grew up in. So, you know, you have that going on and then, you know, little things with my mom's health that we were nervous about. And by the grace of God, it was nothing for us to be nervous about. But, you know, all these things were just happening all at once, you know, realizing that you started a business last year that you were so excited about and you didn't feel the same about this business this year. 
and having to, and then even not feeling the same about the business. I didn't feel the excitement for the Brown Girl experience. So I put that on the back burner. But more importantly, what it really was is um, I was losing interest in everything. Mm. So that's when I was like, wait, you've been here before. And when I was there before, it was a very dark space. So I, I did go and seek help again. And I'm in a excellent space um, because the, the therapist that I, I have now, she actually did um, a different type of treatment with me as far as like how we engage with each other. With each other. And it was more beneficial um, than anything else because I couldn't bullshit this woman. And we actually got to a true root cause of what was causing my depression. Mm. So it was dope. I'm I'm such a component for it. I tell people all the time. um, It's one thing when you experience a funk, we all go through it. But when that shit starts to linger and you start noticing that, you know, a couple days turn to a couple weeks and the things that you were excited about that gave you life and made you glow in this world aren't giving you that anymore go ahead and and seek help then right then and that exact moment um and it's not easy finding a therapist especially if you want to find a a a man or woman of color to be your therapist um but it's so worth it when you do find it um i don't know why there's still a stigma in it in our community but it shouldn't be and if you have an excellent therapist, medication is not the route that they're going to stick you on first. And I think that's what people are most afraid of. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm really happy to hear that, you know, considering everything going on, you're in a great place. And I'm praying that everything works out with the house and, and with the brown girl experience. But I'm sure everything will work out great. Um, you have a great personality and highly intelligent. So I'm sure everything will be fine. Yeah, these fools ain't gonna keep me down. Like I got, <laughs> I just gotta make it through one more home inspection and then, <laughs> a reinspection, and then everything is good to go for next Monday. All right. Well, make sure we we talked before, but let's make sure we tell the people how to follow you again because I'm sure they're gonna want to hear more of you for after this. <laughs> okay, so let me tell y'all. Um, like I said, like I said just a few minutes ago, I lost interest in the brown girl experience however bitch i'm back um i'm back with all the bullshit i'm back with all the shenanigans i'm back with every bit of time for what i can come back with um but i'm not doing it until december so if you like stories if you like conversations if you like the way that i will give you the most honest view inside of my life you definitely want to make sure that you start at www.browngirlexperience.com because that's where my content is going to live um you know you can definitely follow me on social media which is on the brown girl underscore experience let's say that's what it is but if you go to my website you can go ahead and just click on instagram and find me right there um you can find me on uh, facebook under erica d butler um but definitely go to the website that's where the content's gonna live we are going i'm going to be telling more stories um, I'm going to be giving guys videos. I am actually, okay, and I'm, I'm saying this now. I'm saying this now today at this moment. Come December 5th, which is a Saturday, I am relaunching Cocktails and Conversation, the game. 
okay it is a game that people will be is based off of my podcast so it's all about the conversation we about to be on lockdown y'all okay listen you're not going to be able to have a lot of people in your house. You're not, you're going to be doing these Zoom meetings. You're going to be doing Zoom happy hours again, but for the daring, you know, you can have probably about 10 people in your house. This game is perfect for that. Um, it's perfect to have some cocktails, some conversations and a good time with your friends. So that is coming back December 5th. So this is the first time you get to hear it here, right here. Well, listen, thank you again. I really appreciate everything. And I, and thank you for being so transparent. Like people, a lot of people need to hear that. So I really appreciate that. Oh, thank you for having me. I always enjoy our conversations. And matter of fact, I'm going to invite you on my show too, so we can talk. Oh, and yeah, I definitely. I need, I need to dig into your history because I feel like, you know, you're an East Coast transplant on the West Coast, um, you know, where evidently I hear they have some of the best weed. Um, that's what I heard. <laughs> I'm not putting you on the spot for it, but I heard it's popping over there. That's all. <laughs> well listen whenever you want me to be on that i'll be on it all right y'all heard them right so right. we're gonna make it happen and definitely and i want to take this time to thank everyone who listens to the podcast i truly appreciate it and you can follow me on instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp and my facebook name is also conversations with lamp again thank you all for listening have a great day bye